everyone to the Outtakes Movie Podcast. I'm Sam and we are still going on our little quest to go through every single movie ever made and objectively rank them best to worst of all time. I'm joined as always by my amazing team, Amelia. How's things? Hello. Haven't seen you guys in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. Long time coming. <laughs> Joe Wagwan. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Chilling. Nice. Wagwan. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Uh, and Jacob, how's things? Hello, things, uh, things are alright, things are good. Excellent, excellent news. So, this week we are covering Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Network. Cannot wait. What is that? This week, we are going to cover, we are definitely going to get through this movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which came out in 2005 on the 28th of April. So before handing off, I'm going to go through a little pop culture rundown and see where we were in the worlds of music, video games, and the cinema. So in music, um, (laughs) it's certainly a mixed bag. So um, number 21, we have Feel Good Inc. by The Gorillaz. So that's... I think that's excellent. Okay. That's right? good. That's a good song. Very good, song. good start. Number 17, All About You by McFly. Okay. okay. Sounds familiar. Yeah. From our childhoods. Good stuff. Number 10, Candy Shop by 50 Cent. That's a year eight math song right there, you know. That's for me. <laughs> they let you get away with a lot in year eight. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, yeah. In maths as well. In year eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna have to tell us about that sometime. Gee, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, over on the other side of hip hop, at uh, number four, Switch, Will Smith. I can't okay. even place that one. Really? I don't even know oh, it's good. That? It's good. Next time we do one of those group Spotify things, I'll play it for you. It's good. Uh, number three, uh, I like the way you move, Body Rockers. Okay. Okay, right? Oh, now, just to tip off this little mixed bag sandwich, I don't know. Number one, Top of the charts was fucking. Is this the way to Amarillo, Peter K and Tony Christie? Yeah, boy, oh, that's God. what we like. That's Amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, that's probably the most two thousand and five song you could have picked out of that, all of them. That music video has aged incredibly poorly. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it has. Well, Jimmy Savile's in that music video. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's not good. Oh, yeah. shit. It's not good. Oh. Oof. So, um, in the world of video games, uh, the day before uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, we got two releases. One of them was NBA Street Showdown from when all the sports games were doing like street versions, basically. And a Predator Concrete Jungle, which received oh, generally unfavorable reviews. IGN called it a good idea gone bad. Oh, oh man. Imagine IGN not liking your game. You know you've made a mistake. Is this, wait, is this before companies were paying them to give them good reviews? Because they, I remember them give, giving them like a really good review of something that was clearly trash, but I don't know what it was. Was it No Man's Sky? I don't know. It's definitely I, whatever happened. it was. Well, yeah, like I remember it being like a jet, like everyone knew the game was bad, but IGN were like, it's pretty good, you know, pretty good. So I feel like that happened with one of the off. Kane and Lynch games. I'm not sure. Anyway, God knows, in know. the world of cinema, it was a whoa, it was not a good month. Honestly, it was not a good month. 
So at the start of uh, April, April 1st, the Sin City movie came out. I assume I assume it's just part of some sort of April Fool's joke. Let's adapt one of Frank Miller's (laughs) (laughs) comic books. (laughs) What a laugh. And uh, on April 27th, right, I've not seen it. Has anyone seen any of the Triple X movies? No. No. Cool. We don't have to talk about it. One of the Triple X movies came out. (laughs) Sweet. The very next day, however, it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, made our way to theatre screens. Jacob, tell us all about the movie. Yeah, so Hitchhiker's Guide, as Sam said, April 28th over here, very next day in the US. That's not super important, but there you go. It's, it's true. Um, had nice. anyone watched this before, before having to watch it for a podcast? Me. Like, secondhand. I've, it's been on while I've been in the room. Okay. Like, while my dad's been watching it or something, I think. Yeah. Amelia? What? No, never. Never. Oh, man. For me, this movie was one of those... This is one of my answers to the, have you ever watched a movie on repeat? Like this is really? my, yeah, this is one of the movies that I would, I would maybe for a week or two, it went on every day, honestly. Okay. Oh my God. I think that this was one of the movies that I put it on because I'd heard of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and then kind of went, this is, uh, Ooh, this isn't Star Wars. <laughs> and I sort of turned it off and coming back to it, my reaction is a bit different. Um, oh, this anyway, isn't Star Trek. That was that your reaction to it? Not at all. No. Um, so yeah, the budget for this film was forty-five to fifty million. I okay, an exact number. Anyone want to take a stab <laughs> at the box office? I don't imagine it did that well. You know. Okay, I can. Yeah, I can see why you think it's. That. It's got a really good cast, but I feel like oh, yeah. Douglas Adams is still as beloved as he is to the people who love him. It's really niche. It's very British punny humour and it doesn't gel with everyone. I'm going to say if it made any money, it barely made money. I'm going to give a stab at 55. Did you say it was 40 to 50? Yes. I'm going to say 55 million. Okay. <clears throat> um, you seemed kind of shocked when Sam said that he didn't, he didn't think it went that, did that well. <laughs> That's so true. I should have paid attention I'm to that. I'm going <laughs> to try to stay neutral. I'll be honest. I'm gonna say maybe how what was the budget again? Forty five to fifty million. I'm gonna be generous, say like seventy million. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna go sixty worldwide. Okay. You're all wrong. A hundred and four point oh. five million. Good. Oh, nice. <laughs> really good. I was on the so, right track, so I just didn't go high enough. Yeah, I've got a terrible poker face. Anyone watching the video, <laughs> you will see that. Um, opening weekend in the UK, it made 4.2 million. And opening weekend in the US... Wait, 4.2 million, that's not a lot. That's pretty, that's pretty good, I go in, I think. Uh, yeah, opening weekend in the US, t- over 21 million dollars. I don't, think, I don't think that's bad at all. I don't think that's bad at all. So that's not bad, it's not no. bad at all. Um, right, so this was directed by a guy called Garth Jennings. I thought his name was Gareth. What it's else has he done? Garth. I've never bothered to check. I am glad you asked. Hey. <laughs> so he's done Sing, that movie where um, oh, Taron Egerton's no. a gorilla. Really? Oh, oh my no. God. That was quite recent. Yes, he did, he did that. Um, but mainly he's done lots of music video stuff. Um, the only other real movie I could find 
was one called Son of Rambo, but it's Rambo R A. I remember this movie. Yeah. Um, it looks maybe kind of charming. I don't know. It's got kind of like a Jojo Rabbit vibe to it. Yeah, it was about just from watching the trailer. It was about a bunch of kids trying to make a Rambo movie. Yeah. Um, it was yeah interesting. Um, screenplay and author of the original book is of course Douglas Adams who is no longer with us. He died back in 2001. Um, But he has done lots of bits and bobs. Um, He's obviously written the original book, Dirk Gently. Yeah. He did that. Um, He did some Doctor Who. It was unfinished due to the writer's strike, so it never actually came out. Um, But he's he's written it. I was going to say, it's it's worth mentioning that 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 episode of Doctor Who is one of the most, like, infamous episodes ever because um it was partly shot this is a little bit of doctor who trivia so it was partly shot and the footage of it ended up in they did a they did a anniversary episode where the first five doctors were all in the same episode it's a good episode oh, I've, I've seen that actually. um but tom baker couldn't make it for the shoots so they used the episodes called Sharda that Douglas Adams That's wrote. It is. They uh, they used some footage from Sharda, and suddenly the entire Doctor Who community was alive. Like, oh my god, they shot some of this episode. Can we see it, please? And I think maybe two or three years ago, they um, they got some of the cast back and they did a full animated feature, uh, so we can finally see the full thing. I'm, not pre- I'm pretty certain they put together an animated version of it. I didn't do too much research into it. Um, but that'll be really interesting to check out, I think. That'll be... I like Tom Baker. Yeah, I love Tom Baker. Good good doctor. Uh, He's also done some Monty Python Flying Circus, which I think is... You could could have guessed that. The sense of humour is very similar. Um, The writer, a person called Carrie Kirkpatrick, who... This was the person who finished off the rest of the script, because, as you may have noticed, this movie came out in 2005... Douglas Adam died in 2001. Yeah. So it wasn't quite finished. Um, they've done Smallfoot, which is one of those abominable snowman Bigfoot movies that came oh, out. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, yeah. The Smurfs, Spiderwick Chronicles, Charlotte's Web, Over the Hedge. Uh, I think I think they're supposed to say Chicken Run, but it just says Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. it works. Um, the Road to El Dorado and James and the Giant Peach. So, pretty, pretty good going. Yeah. Um, on to the cast themselves. Arthur Dent, who, according to Douglas Adams' notes, was the only character who had to be English. He wasn't too fussed about the others. But it Dent makes sense. It makes he sense. He, he spends the whole movie in his dressing gown <laughs> and complains. Right, he, ha- he, yeah, he has to be. He's, of course, played by Martin Freeman, who's been in everything just lots of things was was um, he famous by this point like was it he'd was it been like, in the office what? he'd done the office uh, by then oh that was when, like when 2003 was wasn't it yeah oh, okay. like 2000 2003 i think was the office cool um trisha or trillion is zoe de chanel who is in elf and new girl probably some other things but they were she's barely in this movie like she was on yeah. set but she wasn't fucking present for this film <laughs> fair enough um zaphod beeblebrox the two-headed three-armed guy is sam Rockwell. yeah um he's been in iron man 2 jojo rabbit moon vice three billboards and galaxy quest which is another oh, film man, that galaxy this quest? one gets what a film to quite a lot um, I love that film. He's good in everything he's in, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's pretty underrated, he's, I think. 
is I love his dumb little dance he does in Iron Man 2. When he comes on stage. Yeah, it's yeah. great, isn't it? Um, Ford Prefect, I didn't recognise who this was. It was one of the few characters or few actors I didn't know who they were. Um, is a hip hop artist called called Moz Def. Moz Def, yeah. I've I. I don't I don't have much of a connection with him to be honest with you, but. Nah. Um, he's been in some Dexter. Then we have Marvin, the paranoid android. Um, the actual body of Marvin was played by. Anyone want to guess who it is? Yes. Of course, <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Um, who's been in so many things, such as Tenable, that quiz show on daytime TV. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you mean. And uh, other famous properties, such no, I have as... Is that it. new? Like I feel like I've yeah, seen a trailer yeah. for it. Yeah. I've seen it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. He's also done famous things like MI High. Anyone, if anyone remembers yeah, M.I. High, he was in that. Oh, man, do you remember that? Oh, what was that? I used to know like, the theme. Uh, I'm not going to try and recreate it. I watched this episode to try and see where he was, and he's just a small little Russian man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> why not? Fair um, enough. He's also in a couple of indie properties, like something called Harry Potter and Star Wars. But mm, no one's ever heard, heard of those. Mm. I haven't. Who cares? Nah. Yeah. Nah. Um, the voice of Marvin is Alan Rickman himself, who again, wow. has been in that Harry Potter thing, um, Galaxy Quest, Love Actually, and Die Hard, the best, the best Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> Stephen Fry is, of course, also in this. He's like the narrator as well as the guide. So he, like, he's, he's the one who talks out the book. Um, he's done. It's Stephen Fry. He's the perfect voice for Never the Hitchhiker's not. Guide. Absolutely. 100%. When I was a kid, right, I really thought, it, it'll never happen because it's too niche a property, but I really thought one day we'll get a physical Hitchhiker's Guide, like an actual, like, like the prop, and you yeah. open it up and you'll be able to ask it questions and stuff, and I thought that the only way you could ever do it is to get Stephen Fry back and have him record a whole bunch of lines, or even just yeah. even just as an app. We're getting those foldable phones now. Yeah. Give me a perfect. Hitchhiker's <laughs> app, you know? Um, there are a couple more famous British actors. There's a couple I'm going to deliberately leave out because I was very surprised to learn that they were in this. Um, but yeah, it's a couple of the weird Vogon people. Richard Griffiths, um, who is... Oh, he's in lots of things. I'm pretty sure he's also in Harry Potter. I've got them the right way around. Um, I mean, anyone who's British really has been in Harry Potter, let's be honest. It's like a rite of passage. <laughs> you make a very good point. Like... Um, Bill Nye, Ian McNeese, yeah. John Malkovich. Um, John Malkovich played Huma Kavula, who yeah, was yeah. written entirely for this movie, didn't exist before this film. Pretty interesting. Um, Thomas Lennon, who's been in loads of TV, he was the computer on the ship. He's a famous person. I'd not heard of them before, but they've done lots of stuff. And remember that hologram head that shows up just as they're like approaching that planet and the nukes get launched? Yeah. That was a guy called Simon Jones. And he played Arthur Dent in the BBC's radio and Shit, that's TV pretty cool. version of this. Whoa. What? Spe- yeah. So speaking of the TV and radio show, did anyone know about Hitchhiker's Guide in any other form other than the books? Yeah. Uh, I haven't experienced no. many of them. The, <laughs> the only one I have experienced outside of the movie, this thing, I haven't even read the books. I just, I've wanted to for years and I've, never, I've just never got around to it. The only one I have experienced is probably the weirdest one, which was a Hitchhiker's Guide text adventure game from like way back in the early PC days. 
Um, I discovered this. They the BBC hosted it like on their official website. So I, I must have spent a good weekend or two just like playing through that and mostly achieving nothing because text adventure <laughs> games from the like eighties and nineties are bizarre and want strange things from you. You know. Yep. Um, but yeah, originally it was the radio show that came first. I think it was the first couple of seasons. Then it got written as a book, a couple of books, and then the books kind of expanded. And then the radio series expanded, and then they were also doing a TV show at the same time. Um, but overall, it's been, as I say, a radio comedy broadcast that started in the 70s. Um, it was then adapted into a stage show, novels, oh my God. comic books, 1981 TV show, that 1984 video game you're talking about, Sam, and of course... The feature film that we're talking about. Oh my god! I think it was it's this, been this everything. Big. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad. I, I there's, thought it was a book. So much and, to it. I thought it was a book and a film. I thought that's all it was. <laughs> it's weird too because yeah, because it it extends into so many places. We, I mean, one of our one of our best mates, their mate owns a cafe, a nerd themed cafe. Yes. I want to say I want to say in uh, Warrington called it's it's called the cafe at the end of the universe, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Direct reference to the restaurant at the end of the universe, yeah. which was the title of one of the other books that he did. Um, he was he was never able to finish the sixth book. Um, there were only five books when I started reading them, and I was way too young to be reading those. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. There's a bit in one of them where um, Arthur, and I'm pretty sure it's Trillian, eventually end up hooking up and sure. have sex while they're flying midair. Nice. Because they, le- they, they learn to fly because learning to fly is just throwing yourself at the ground and missing. It's <laughs> brilliant. Genuinely, that's, that's, that's a quote from the book. And that, that, yeah, I was too young to really be reading that. But yeah, the sixth book, he, Douglas Adams started it and it was finished by Ian Colfer, who... Is it Artemis Fowl? Artemis Fowl, which also got that really crap film on Disney mm. Plus recently. I've not seen it, but I don't want to. Um, when did you guys first hear about Hitchhiker's Guide? Was it, did you know it was a book first? I mean, I've just kind of known about it for, for like ages. I knew it existed. I knew, the only thing I knew about it was, was there was a film and there was a book and I knew the whole 42 thing, but that was it really. I knew that, yeah, I didn't know much about it. Fair enough. What about you, Amelia? To miss it. It's been one of those films I've avoided for a while because it was it was on on one of those days where it's like it's a do nothing day in school. There's different films in different rooms. Go have fun. We're playing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in this room, so you can stay or you can go find another room. Half of us got up and left. Wow. <laughs> so my end, I just I don't know. My introduction to this film was I didn't care about it. Oh. Fair enough. Uh, I knew it. Um, I, knew, I knew it was probably a book, but I didn't know there was this much like to do with it, which is crazy. So much. Um, the yeah, you would. It's quite surprising that the first film we got, despite the fact there've been all these other adaptations since the seventies, wasn't until two thousand and five. Um, yeah, and that's because they tried to make it into a movie several times over. Um, started as I say back in the seventies, um, and loads of producers kept approaching him like, "Oh, can we make this into, into a movie?" And he was really reluctant because it didn't want to just be Star Wars with jokes. Yeah, so, yeah, I can yeah. understand that. I mean, if have any of you guys seen Spaceballs? Yeah, I've seen Spaceballs. I have. Yeah, parts yeah, yeah. of it. It's kind of <clears throat> crap, right? Yeah, I it's, liked it when yeah. I was like twelve, 
but yep. I liked it when I was 12. You know, I, I feel yeah, like that's, that's, that's... Yeah, that says everything, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, and I feel like if it had been made back then, that's exactly what this movie would have been. Yeah. Um, not so but much for parody, but yeah, go on. The only joke I remember from Spaceballs, and to be fair, it still makes me laugh now, it's the one where the, they're trying to find out where the main characters are, so they put in a copy of Spaceballs. They watch the movie. fast forward it. <laughs> They watch the movie, we're like, right, where are they? They watch me, and but they catch up to where they are, and he's like looking at the screen as he's, it's like they're currently. It's, it's yeah, it makes me laugh. That That's is really good. I remember. Yeah. Rick Moranis. I, I think Rick yeah. Moranis is a big reason why that works so well. It's it, it, it's good. Yeah. It is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. stuff. Um, so in 1982, um, Adams wrote three different versions of the script. Every one was slightly different. It was never. He was determined that the films would never be direct adaptation of the book it'd always mm-hmm. be its own separate thing its own separate script um which is why we ended up having a whole new character eventually he was never in the books or the radio show it was this whole new guy um they tried again in 2001 this is just before he died um and they were going to have the director of austin powers international man of mystery um Whoa. the deal was all <laughs> set and secured but then after his death they were like ah we'll we'll, we'll wait we'll he wait died on that. Douglas Adams died. They, oh, right. Okay. I thought you meant the guy who directed Austin Powers died. I was like... No, no, no. After Douglas death? Adams' death. Oh, um, right, okay. So then a new script was written again. Well, finished. Um, and that's the one we got. So generally, critically, it's been pretty well received. Yeah. Which is good. Um, I've got that Roger Ebert guy. Found his, his view of it. He gave it a two out of four. <laughs> I feel like his rating system is so crap. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Fifty percent. Because what did he give Vertigo? Well, that was a straight four. Vertigo was four. Yeah, Vertigo. What was it? Vertigo was a four out of four, and then Bill and Ted Two was like a three or a three point five or something. Oh yeah, it was something weird. weird. Um, Not that our ranking system is. I was just about to say, ours is all over. Other films like, like probably Dragon Ball Z or something is probably above Vertigo at this point on ours. Oh no, I know, I will not let that happen. Uh, I've seen that Dragon Ball movie. That's not good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, generally this film is considered better than Spaceballs, but worse than Galaxy Quest. That isn't an Ebert quote, by the way. That's that's just generally. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we'll get into the movie itself. We get this opening of this documentary-style look at dolphins and all these different um, like water parks and stuff with a voiceover from Stephen Fry. And they start singing, these dolphins, and then fuck off and swim into space. Um, and they sing the song, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Which, I, again, that's another quote that stuck with me. So much so it ended up being my yearbook quote because I was, I was like, ah, oh, and... Well, nice. Um, did you guys have a yearbook? And if so, what was what was your quote? No, we didn't, didn't have one. You we were meant one. to, but didn't get one. That's that's, that's posh kid school stuff. That you know what I mean. We did, right? We did. We we. So go on, go on, Joe. No, I was gonna say we we weren't uh, posh enough to have a school book. We all just wanted to leave. <laughs> we bought on each other's t- uh, uh, shirts and stuff, though. That was our we, year. We, we did that too. That, that was good fun. Go on, so, Sam, what, what was your quote? I was, at that point in school, I was a disenfranchised weeaboo outcast, right? 
<laughs> okay. Uh-oh. And I wasn't. I don't uh, like where this is going. <laughs> so I decided, right, I'll play a little game. I'll, I'll, write, I'll write a nice quote. I'll write a genuinely nice quote in the yearbook. Here's the catch. It's in kanji. I've written it in Japanese. Right? Here's the catch. <laughs> okay. Okay. None of the teachers trusted me. None of them trusted me. They didn't know what it was. They couldn't read it. <laughs> they did not trust what I wanted to put in this book. They threatened to take me out. They were like, you've got to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing you it. You're going to take you out of the yearbook. It's like you never existed. And I was like, well, I don't want to exist here anyway. <laughs> and um, oh, wow. one of the, I remember one of the prefects fought on my behalf and like a pre- no it was like a school council meeting actually fought on my behalf to stay to keep me in the yearbook so when it came out i'm there with no text at all everyone's got a <laughs> quote and i'm just blank what was oh your quote what, what was it what was it oh god i can't fucking remember <laughs> so rather than like translate like have the initiative to translate it themselves just like copy and paste it into google translate yeah they well not to be fair like, we, we, we physically wrote them down. So I handed it a sheet with like ink written kanji, basically. Oh. So they couldn't, they couldn't just copy and paste it with it. They would have okay. actually had could to figure just, out what it was. Could you not just have told them what it said? No, that was like, part right, of the I'll joke. A- the part of the joke was oh, that they right, weren't yeah. going to know. <laughs> you awkward little shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we, open, we, we get to the actual film where it's, it's not a documentary anymore. And we meet Arthur Dent, who has just the most normal name in the universe, just straightforward. Um, and we discover that his house is gonna get destroyed to make way for a bypass. He's got this little little cottage in the middle of nowhere and they're like, nah, knocking it down so we can build a big road. Yeah. Um, Everyone needs bypasses. Oh. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, they need to be <laughs> I, built. I might occasionally just chime in with a quiet little quote. <laughs> Don't let that interrupt you. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, and then we meet Ford Prefect very soon after, who's, yeah, his name, whenever I was reading the book, I was like, that's why Ford, that's, that's a car. Why is he called, what's that? And the reason for that is because he was nearly killed by a car when he, when he first landed, because he, he thought it was a person. And that car was a Ford Prefect, which is where he got his name from. There's loads, there's going to be loads of trivia in this that is way too in-depth. And it's because it's, it's been time to explain it in a radio show or a book or a TV series. So a lot of the fun bits of trivia will be very... Why, why does that need to be written down? And that, it's sort of the nature of, of this story and, and the way the book was written. So there'll be lots of that, soz. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Vaud immediately takes Arthur to the pub and he's like, right, the world's, the world's going to end. Get drunk and eat some peanuts because it will help for the, for the teleport thing that they do. Um, it turns out that Ford is from, this is a fun little callback to another episode we did. He's from a the vicinity of Beetlejuice. Hey, Beetlejuice. Hey. What up? Um, we meet Trisha in some book style. I thought they were very book esque flashbacks. Where, um, but then again, if we hadn't had them in this style, we wouldn't have known who she was later on. Yeah. Um, and while he's been in the pub, his house got destroyed, and he's like, ah, oh. he's, he's fuming because of course he is. But very soon after, the entire planet just gets destroyed to make way for a hyperspace bypass. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is it's amazing. I that, that, you know. There's that brilliant shot during that sequence, right? It's amazing. Uh, well, it's sequence, as I say. It's a good shot and then it's an excellent sequence of Arthur looking at the ruins of his home and it's like a low angle shot and above him is this 
gigantic spaceship that he doesn't even comprehend as being there because he's so concentrating on his little house. And then it put, it does the dramatic music where it's like, duh, 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 and it keeps pulling Zoom back on out. every single one and it does it maybe 10 more times than it should. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, so they teleport off. Ford's got this little hitchhiking ring where he sticks his thumb out and it teleports them up onto one of the Vogan destroying ships. Um, and we discover that Ford is actually a journalist for this book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, we mainly get that when the first we really see of it is when Ford shoves that little babble fish into Arthur's ear and we get the fun little animation of what the babble fish is. Um, what do we think of all the little animations we saw throughout of the Stephen Fry explaining bits and bobs? I really appreciated them, honestly. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was a pretty neat way of universe building, but yeah. not being too anal about it. It's a fun way to do exposition. Like, it wasn't dull, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, especially because then you've got all this, like you've said, you've got all this, like, extra stuff that, you know, it's like when you adapt a book, you've got all the extra information. You've got to show it somehow yeah. if it's key to the story. But you don't want to be told it, do you? you know what I mean, it's boring then. Just get told it. It's, it's one way reading it, but, like, having a guy be like, hey exposition bit shit bit shit um the a lot of the animators made like quite rude animations for well especially the (laughs) babblefish one and the one we end up getting in the final movie is uh this guy milking a cow and then discovers because he's got a babblefish in that the cow really likes him doing that um (laughs) i i don't know how many others were left it were were like cut or what they were um but I love that. It was such, it was so kind of, I'm pretty sure it would have like gone straight over my head first time I watched it when I was younger. Um, but good, F- funny. Um, yeah, they then get dumped, but well, they're going to get found by the Vogons and then dumped into space, but, but not before being read the terrible Vogon poetry. What, what do we think of the Vogons, by the way? Get introduced to them very quickly and they're just weird jelly bean looking things with noses above their eyes and whatever you know actually right because i said before the only things i knew about the film is thingy i have actually seen i mean i've been like i said before i watched the film secondhand anyway but i didn't remember anything for it but these what were they called the The vogons vogons yeah i have actually seen these but i didn't know they were from this Mm -hmm. so i don't know where i've seen them you know when you're watching something you're like oh shit I, that, i've like seen that before yeah sure but like i didn't think they were like i don't know in my brain whenever i thought i thought they were from like some kids film or something i don't know <laughs> but i don't do know look, where i would have seen them yeah they do look like they're kind of in a bad person in a suit kind of kids film it like, looks very men in black yeah it does yeah, look very yeah, men in black does, that's a it? good shout i yeah. i did like, a appreciate seeing i don't know if it's just because of how sci-fi cinema is today versus how it was in 2005 i don't know i don't know if the same effect would have been true for initial viewers but i really appreciated seeing those suits goofy as they were and how like unwieldy they clearly were as you see them try and move around it added a sense of charm to it i thought much better than if they tried to cgi them 100 percent. the only example i don't know why this example came to mind it might be because joe said kids film Remember Spy Kids? Where they had yeah. Some people. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they just looked so bad. I f- yeah. That was around the same time as this, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Probably. So I think it was definitely much, much better off for having physical suits. Although I can't imagine how atrocious it would have been to be inside one of those. God, yeah. Wait, for Spikers? Well, it's 2001. Wow, yeah, and, uh, shit. The second one's 2002, third one's 2003. Yeah, 2001. Oh, they are way older than I thought they were. Hot damn. Yeah, no. Can you imagine Jesus. that? God. Oh, guys, it's time for the annual Spy Kids movie. Imagine <laughs> 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 we're still getting them now. We're on like Spy Kids 19 or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that they're dumped into space and they manage to survive purely by chance. And throughout this, Stephen Fry is like reading excerpts. Uh, excerpts. Excerpts? Yeah, ex- excerpts. Yeah. Ex- Egg- wait, excerpts. Ex- You've you've got me to doubt it now. Is there a P in there? <laughs> he's reading lines. He's reading, yeah, he's reading little bits from from the guy. Excerpts, isn't it that? Excerpts. Excerpts. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, and they end up surviving just purely by chance because the um, big old teapot-looking spaceship comes along, um, and it is called the Heart of Gold, which Zaphod Beeblebrox, um, the president of the universe, stole because. Because he's an asshole, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that we've all... Uh, Trillian, well, she's now called Trillian, is on there as well because her name needed to sound more spacey. Um, and Marvin and Zaphod are all on board this this teapot ship um, that can travel around with this improbability drive, which we'll... I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. Um, actually, I'll talk about it now. So when it when it when it arrives, it sort of teleports and all these to these all these different things before ever then coming back to this thing again. Um, and I've written someone else's. I I didn't write this down. I stole this fact, but I like it. Um, it transforms into a bell, some cherries, a melon, and a lemon, which are all things you see on a slot machine. Oh, all oh, right. Emphasized by how random it is. is I didn't put that together. Sense. I should have done I didn't but, put that together. <laughs> yeah. So that's, there's lots of little, as I say, I feel like because it's a visual form of media, they can do much more of these sorts of kinds of added Easter eggs and hints yeah. and nods and stuff. I think if you um, were to write that down, it might even be too on the nose, you know? Yeah. Like it teleported, it transformed into a bell, and then some cherries, and then a me- this is this is to symbolise that it's random because those are all <laughs> things you see on a slot machine. Yeah, it would have been really shit, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, the Vogons are like, oh, that's that's the president. He's been kidnapped by someone. We we need to go and chase him. Turns out the president just kidnapped himself. Uh, so the Vogons go and sign some forms because they're like that, and the chase begins. Um, it's not too much here, um, other than while they're on board the spaceship, we see that lightsaber knife that hosts. It's pretty cool. As you cut it, I like that. That someone's made one of those, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's not quite a lightsaber. It's oh my a god! YouTuber called Colin Furs who makes loads of weird contraptions and stuff, and one of them is just, you know how um, if you like run electricity through a bit of metal, it just gets super hot. He just did that to a bread knife. Um, so he can toast bread as he cuts it. I can't imagine that will taste very good, but whatever. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the main part of the plot is that we learn about this big, this big computer called Deep Thought, who is voiced by someone well famous, and I didn't realise until I looked up the cast of this movie. If you know, 
won't say, but does okay. anyone want to... I'm going to say Sam. I know, I know you know this. But <laughs> Joe and Amelia, do you, did you recognise that voice? Do you pick up on who it was? I recognised it. I didn't actually... It's one of those things. I recognised it, but I didn't... Um, thing, yeah, I didn't actually like weirdly look it up who it was. Fair enough. Amelia, did you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no, but I currently have all the information up on Google for me to kind of go back to to look at just in case. And just as you said that, you were like, oh, it was voiced by Deep Thoughts. I was like, who? And then you said it was voiced by... I was like, uh, no, but yes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Helen Mirren. Yeah. What? No. Yeah, it's Helen Mirren, yeah. yeah. They got Helen Mirren to oh, be in this movie, m- and she voices a big computer. <laughs> this is like, what, I... like a year or two after she was the queen as well? <laughs> in that oh, really that's... famous film? <laughs> that that's like not who I of. thought it was. Is this just called oh, The Queen? God. It could just be called The Queen, I don't know. But that's actually Helen, Helen Mirren. That's it's actually... called The Queen, nah. yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Are, are, oh did you not God. believe me? Are you Googling it for yourself now? <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I, I didn't I, think I'm, it was Helen Mirren. Like, I recognised the voice, but I didn't think it was her. Don't look too much further, because I've got another one I'm going to ask you later on. Do you know, do you know who it kind of sounds like as well? She kind of sounds a bit like Tilda Swinton in this role. Mm. In, as Ooh, Deepo. okay, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what I thought it was. Maybe, I don't know. I did not think it was Helen Mirren, though. Jesus Christ. I feel like if they were to remake this today, Tilda Swinton would be a very good shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or just bring Helen Mirren back. Just, just do that. Yeah, she's not dead. Um, yeah. No, she isn't. Certainly <laughs> not. Um, so here's a really, really trivial fact. The big deep thought computer has a little Apple logo on it. Does it? Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't believe that. That's why I had to look it up and found a screenshot of the little Apple logo um, embedded on the side. Fair enough. And... So the, f- the first three Apple Mac computers in the UK were owned by Douglas Adams and Stephen Fry. Wow. Oh, oh my so God, it's really has an Apple. What the hell? That's so weird. Yeah, so, but th- those two were like good mates and I can, I can see that. Of yeah, I can were. see that. Of yeah. course they were good mates. Him, um, like Douglas Adams, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie all in a room. Like that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Laurie was thought was originally going to be could have been Douglas Adams or, no not Douglas Adams Arthur Dent at one point he would have been a good pick that. would have been a good pick he would have been a good pick um, I think it's kind of brutal at one point they were going to cast Hugh Grant but he was decided to be too handsome <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh, know no. the fact that they ended up casting Martin Freeman like yeah he's he's not that handsome he'll do he's pretty boring <laughs> he'll do well oh, oh. bless him <laughs> um yeah, he's a hobbit now. He's he's better than everyone. Exactly. Could could you um, imagine, right? If like Martin Freeman discovered this podcast and he didn't even know that fact, he just got <laughs> it from like son Larry of a bitch. Really sorry to write that. He's just Martin. like, oh, this is a, Oh, I was I was a hitchhiker's guide to go. Let's give it a watch. And he says that. He's like, fucking what? <laughs> Smacks his computer off. Immediately starts getting on the, on the phone, phone to, to Richard. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. It's like, hey, bro, guess what the fuck they just said to about me on this like internet podcast, bro? Benedict Cumberbatch is just all like, I I, you know, what? I don't even know. I can't even do his voice. So just, just don't try it. Nah, don't. Um, right, but yeah. So the, the the computer was built by these pan-dimensional beings. I don't say interdimensional, but I think they're pan-dimensional. I think they're pan-dimensional anyway, as well. Yeah, dimensional. And they ask it, oh, what's give us the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And very famously, the computer says, 42. And like, wait, what? After they've waited for like millions of years as well. Oh yeah, it's, it's been computing away for millennia. Um, and they say, well, the question was kind of shit. 
give me a better question, and, and then and then I'll be able to like answer it. Um, so it said it was then going to build a computer to calculate the ultimate question. Um, was anyone else getting Rick and Morty vibes at this point? I can see the influence a bit. I guess sort of rever- now you've said it like reverse Rick and Morty yeah. vibes because I've yeah I'm. I was aware of this before I was aware of Rick and Morty, so... That's what I mean, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I feel like that probably takes... Rick and Morty, that is, definitely takes a few influences from this. Yeah, I'd be surprised to find out otherwise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in trying to find the, the planet with the big computer, which is called Magrathea, which is where Zaphod is heading, he's going to... Because he knows about this. So, like, right, we're going we're gonna to go and we're going we're gonna to find that out. Um, the improbability drive takes them to a different planet. Um, I couldn't remember what it was called, but I looked it up. Um, it's like Vildvodl 6. It's, it's not important. Um, and Zaphod has some unfinished business on there with John Malkovich's character, Huma Kavula. Um, as I say, he was exclusive for this movie. Um, the main reason he has like beef with him is because he was a presidential candidate as well um, but lost because Zephod won but anyway turns out that Humukavula is a preacher for some sneeze god <laughs> worshipping people <laughs> which is brilliant that they end their prayers with at you bless you <laughs> um, again I was getting pretty hard Monty Python vibes oh yeah 100% which it, it, when, when I found out that Douglas Adams had done some writing for them of, of course, of course. Um, and it turns out that John Markovich has the coordinates for the planet they're trying to get to. Um, but in return for those, he says, right, there's going to be a gun there. Bring me back that gun. Oh, and also I want one of Zaphod's heads, please. So they, they leave one of Zaphod's heads behind and they say, all right, we'll, we'll bring you back this gun in return for the coordinates. So they get them, plug them into the computer, and then vanish off. It was. I thought that was a good creative decision, by the way. Because I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know if this is controversial, but like, I didn't like Zaphod's extra head. I just thought it was annoying. It wasn't even like endearingly annoying. I was just like, oh, yeah. this guy. Like normal Zaphod's a dick, but I could. It's kind of like, kind of like, I don't know. Kind of like Star Lord. He's just this oblivious space like weirdo yeah, okay. who's super horny. Like you know, I can <laughs> I can dig with that. But the yeah. extra head was annoying. I wanted to say as well, by the way, on the topic because. I'm glad the Vogons went CGI because they haven't aged, but there's a bit where, because Huma Kavula is revealed to be like just a toy saw person with like a, a million tiny little spider legs and no eyeballs. His eyes are like in his glasses and all of that, the, the, the CGI visuals of that hold up very well, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It See, was... I didn't know that this film was from 2005 when I started watching it. I thought, I knew it was from then, but I honestly thought that it was from like, 2009-2010 so to find out that it was like 2005 and I don't know it just kind of like surprised me it's like when you watch like Jurassic Park and those that you see giant yeah yeah holds up a bit it's kind of a bit weird you don't expect it to Mm -hmm. I suppose because it was quite subtle the CGI for Huma Kavula it was yeah not a lot could go wrong with that yeah yeah as, as we say if it'd been whole characters like in I Am Legend that was, yeah. that was 2007, right? Yeah, and yeah. Even, even then, that just didn't look good. Um, but yeah, in their escape from this planet, um, Trillian gets captured by the Vogons because they think that she's the one who kidnapped Zaphod. 
Um, and so before they go off to this mysterious planet with the big computer on it, they decide they're going to go and um, free Trillian instead. So they go off in an escape pod. I can't remember why, but they do. Um, so yeah, Marvin, Ford, Zaphod, and Arthur all go off in this little red escape pod. Um, land on Vogsphere, the home planet of the Vogons, which just looks grey and drab and boring as fuck. Um, which is just exactly what the Vogons are. Um, <laughs> yeah, they crash land on this beach. Oh, there's that little crab bit where they just crush that crab. Poor crab. Funny. This is two episodes in a row where crabs have just been mutilated <laughs> unnecessarily. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, they run across that I mean, I little... felt equally as unsympathetic for this crab. <laughs> you know. Um, fucking crab, you know what I mean? Fuck crabs. <laughs> fuck crabs, you know what I mean? The only crab I respect is Bister Crabs, you know what I mean? That's what I'm Hasht- <laughs> Hashtag fuck crabs. Hashtag fuck crabs. Yeah, man. Um... They run across this funny little beach with these weird fly-swatting snake things. Um, that attack then, you when you think. Yes, so it's yeah. pretty good that the Vogons live on this planet because they don't have any original thoughts. Kind of handy. Yeah. Um, while Trillian's being tortured and whatever... Well, I say tortured, she's going to get loaded into that big box with some sort of monster in it. Um, she finds out that it was Zaphod who ordered the destruction of Earth because he thought he was signing an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. It's so good. Bloody that weird things. little monster, by the way, because we don't really get to see it. It's just like an eyeball and a bunch of tentacles, right? Oh, it yeah. really reminded me of... Um, what were those fucking things in The Force Awakens? You know, that really oh, terrible that sequence. Oh, God. Yeah, what were they called? Enough. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, the I can't ra- think what they're called. Yeah, the Rathtars. It reminded weird, me of a Rathtar. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so they they go inside this this queue to go and get to the reception desk essentially to get to get a release, and they have to queue up behind all these people. And I'm guessing you've got a little trivia about these people. Oh, just a few bits. Just yeah. A few bits. <laughs> um, one of them, one of these little people that's sat chilling in the queue, is the robot, the Marvin from the original '80s TV show. Um, no? Who was a paranoid android instead of a depressed android, uh, depressed robot? Yeah. Yes, which rolls with the ton- tongue a little bit better. Paranoid yeah. android. Um, I ha- other than that, I haven't got too much more about those characters. Actually, I thought I had more. Do you have any more info? I Sam, don't. Or- <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where, where I'm pretty sure every time I watch that sequence, I, I do recognize more things within it, and then they fuck off out of my head. You know later. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, the Vogon handwriting this is another fun little random one is English shorthand <laughs> nice so yeah that's a nice um, touch I like that um, eventually they end up free, freeing Trillian or Trisha by signing the correct form because then they need to get like the presidential re- prisoner release form or something it's very specific but they eventually do it um and they escape, and they make their way to Magrathia. Um, also, every other every other scene or whatever, there have been mice just sort of chilling, just not really that important, chewing on wires or whatever. They don't you don't think anything of it. You think they're just mice. Spoilers, they're not. But yeah, there you go. Um, 
yeah, they get there and it's all snowy and this doesn't seem like the same planet. And they have those three big... Um, they reminded me of those air guns. Remember those big blue air guns you could get? Yeah. Like the thing and it shot oh the air on you. They were sick then. They do look like those. Yeah, you're totally right. Those. Yeah. Um, so three of the characters jump through. I think it's it's Ford, Trillian and Zaphod. They jump through one that takes yeah. them to the big computer. When Arthur tries, it's not switched on anymore. So he's left behind with Marvin, just sort of being depressing. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, so I'll, well, the, the three that go off, they find the big computer. They say, oh, tell us the answer. And they're like, oh, well, actually, if you not remember, I was going to build this computer to work out what the question was. Soz. And they go, oh, okay. Oh, but what about this gun? We were told there was a gun. And they go down into a little vault or whatever and find this telescope-looking thing that's a point-of-view gun, which is such a brilliant idea. Oh, it's really good, isn't it? Imagine if these yeah. existed. Politics would just kind of stop, right? <laughs> well, so I mean, I don't know if they'd stop, but like... Not quite. You'd still have a government and whatever. Oh, that'd be amazing. Though. Imagine watching the House of Commons where someone makes a speech and then when someone's trying to rebuke it, someone just pulls out a fucking gun and goes... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no. Okay, yeah, that, that makes... Yep, yeah, sure, no, yeah, okay. That's it. That's um, so good. Oh, and it's while they're doing all of this, we learn some more background and emotions about these characters. Um, that isn't super important, but there you go. Then, um, we meet, we meet Bill Nye's character, <laughs> who is a character <laughs> called Slarty Bartfast. <laughs> and this is, I think, my favourite, my favourite fact about all of this. Originally, when it was being written as a radio show, Douglas Adams wanted this name to be as rude as possible, but not be super rude. Um, and so... Sure. It started at one name and slowly it got changed bit by bit because the BBC wouldn't allow it to be broadcast until they ended up with <laughs> Slarty Bartfast. And the original name that this character was going to be called I'm ready. Farty Fuckballs. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh my God. is so good. That's so good. Douglas Adams was basically playing that, you know, that game you could play where you ask someone like a question of like, oh, um, you ask them, would you do this thing that they obviously don't want to do for a million pounds? And then you start to like work it down to figure out exactly how <laughs> exactly. much. That's what Douglas Adams was playing with the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> Farty um, fuckballs. Farty fuckballs. Amazing. <laughs> None of those That's words are spelled how, how you think. So it's like, farty is P-H-A-R-T-I. <laughs> Fuck is P-H-U-K. And balls nice. is B-O-R-L-Z. So. <laughs> nice. Fucking brilliant. Fab. Um, but yeah, he shows up and he tells Arthur, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a planet engineer. I, I design and make planets, not just me. What is wrong with people. God? Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, and so they go through, I think they go through one of those other portals and end up on this, like, uh, it looks like it's just going to be a scissor lift, but it's a bit more than that because it just sort of throws them around what seems like a whole universe. I, I love that it's really janky at the start, though, you know? Like, you see it, like, like <laughs> yes. shuffle around and then the other one comes around the corner. Along. It's um, good. And then it just sort of, like, in... Oh, which Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film is it? The one with the, with the glass elevator. They sort of go up. It must have been the reboot with Johnny Depp. Yeah, What's it was. Johnny Depp one, that one. Yeah. Across and whatever. It's kind of similar to that. It's a great sequence, this. I think it's gorgeous yeah, going it across looks, all the planets and stuff. It looks really good. And is 
really interesting as well because you've got planets that are like cubes or like 3D hexagon shapes. One of the planets is just Douglas Adams's head. Yeah. Just chilling in the background is just his head. Um, and he reveals that Earth was this computer. Big reveal. Earth was the computer designed by Deep Thought to calculate the ultimate question, which would then answer the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. I love, a- like, the character of Slightly Bite Fast, who, <laughs> who um, yeah, has this incredible job, like, engineering planets, but he's, he's almost more down-to-earth than Arthur is, you know? Yeah. He's so normal and chilled out and compared to everyone else in space. It's that one line where, I th- where he says, you know, well, you know, uh, I'd take being happy over being right any day. And Arthur goes, are you happy? And he goes, well, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another one of his great lines that I feel gets quoted quite a lot is when Arthur's talking about, you know, I always thought I was part of this bigger universe, that there was something more than just this. And then Slarty Bart Fast is like, oh no, that, that's just paranoia. That's perfectly normal. Everyone in the universe has that. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately shuts him down. Like, no, that's, that's totally normal. Um, and yeah, and it turns out there's a backup of Earth, an Earth 2, um, which can be put straight back where Earth 1 was and life can just continue as was um so arthur goes back he goes back to he gets taken back to his little cottage goes in and his three friends are there they're already there just having this great big tea party seeming kind of high or drunk or yeah. something. so the food they're eating is just kind of dodgy knockout food made by these mice it turns out these mice are these pan-dimensional beings as um bill Nye's character told us earlier and Arthur Dennett again tries to explain, oh, no, we were, we were experimenting on mice. Oh, no, no, it turns out it was the other way around all along. Um, and the mice reveal that it's Arthur's brain that holds the key. They need, to, they need, they need his brain. Um, Take his brain! Sorry. <laughs> no, that was brilliant. <laughs> um, so while, they're, while Arthur's sort of pleading for his life, he sort of comes up with all these random bits of philosophy i guess this really shitty philosophy to try and stop them in the end results are just sort of breaking the chair open and killing the mice with a teapot brilliant just slams a teapot on top of them avoids having his brain cut out his head and they're they're fine but they're not fine because the vogons followed them and are shooting at the house and trying to destroy everything and much like stormtroopers are terrible fucking shots yeah (laughs) um And they end up escaping because Marvin's also there eventually. He picks up the point of view gun, shoots all the Vogons with it, and they become too depressed to carry on and just fall over and give up. Love that. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, there we go. That's it. Um, <laughs> I love the bit where all these Vogons just get piled in the back of the van <laughs> and they're all kind of squashed yeah. and squished up against the side. Um, what's the point? Oh, what's the point anymore? <laughs> Um, and then that's pretty much it they all hop back on the funny little teapot spaceship and decide they're all hungry want a bite to eat even though they've had a feast of all that shitty food and they're going to head off to the restaurant at the end of the universe sequel Um, bait sequel bait indeed well I was actually going to ask like because I mean there's all the books like was it was there ever plans to make a sequel were you going to go into would, would you want to see a sequel Ah, it's a difficult question, Not you know. Now. I don't know if I would now. No. If they were... Re- I, don't, I don't know. No, I know. I'd, I'd, if, I feel if, like... 
if someone discovered like a partially finished Douglas Adams script, mm-hmm. the answer is yes. If that doesn't exist, I feel like I don't want to see someone else's interpretation of Douglas Adams' work. Hmm. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, no, that, that's very fair. Um, I think if they were to wait, I don't know how long that for, maybe at least 10 years, and then maybe reboot it, and then make a sequel from those. Maybe. I think that could be really good. Um, I think, even though we've already said that some of the special effects in this are pretty solid and they kind of hold up i still think that with today's technology of what they can do it would look even oh god yeah, really yeah. Cool. And just I, that's that's my biggest criticism of this movie actually is that um garth jennings or or maybe even the dop i don't know how much of the workload they should there's there is some really nice shots in this um but they are kind of few and far between a lot of the movie just feels like i'll oh, just stick a camera just make sure the actors are, do you know what i mean it's it's not yeah. particularly visually interesting yeah. sometimes though it is and it's because it's sometimes interesting that it's more aggravating you know <laughs> if it was boring the whole way through then uh, whatever who cares uh I, I yeah i i like maybe uh i don't know if i don't know if i like the word visionary but yeah more more of a creative uh, director of DOP to take to take this reins. I'd like to see that. I guess. Yeah. Well, I said to you, Jacob Drumber, like the other day, the other week. I I'm surprised that this hasn't been like adapted into like a TV show by like, the BBC or something. I'm glad you said that. Things are making a comeback. A TV series for Hulu was oh. announced. Okay. Back in, Weird. Uh, it was announced last year, July 2019. We don't even have Hulu over here though. I know, but there's so, ways around that. Get a, a VPN <laughs> or something, you know. Um, oh, man. It's set to Why aren't any of the VPNs sponsoring us? That would have been perfect. What a, oh, what a segue. What a segue. It's set to premiere next year in 2021. And production began this summer. Except, no, it didn't. Well. Because <laughs> the whole world's gone to shit. Um, but maybe the, the rest it will be good there are several series planned mm. I think each series would look at a book is, is yeah. well that's how I would imagine they would have done it yeah if like, they just do each yeah. book as a series yeah mm. I think that's probably the best way of adapting this but this film isn't bad especially because yeah. it, it isn't really an adaptation of the book it's a separate script yeah that, 100% it was, it was never really designed to be that um, I will quickly touch on awards because it didn't get very many. It won one, um, and that was for the Golden Trailer Awards. <sighs> yeah, it was. It right. was the most. It was the most original trailer, apparently. It, wow. Yeah. I mean, I've no. I don't know if I remember the trailer. I don't, I've never seen the trailer, so I can't be that original. There are um, trailer awards. Yeah, there are trailer awards. There's awards for everything. Um, I will get into some of these other awarding bodies in a sec. Um, but it, th- th- those awards, it was also nom- nominated for Best Voiceover, which I can only presume would have been Stephen Fry. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Um, so it was also nominated for Casting Society of America Awards, the Empire Awards, the Golden Schmoes Awards, <laughs> International Online Cinema Awards, Online <laughs> Film and Television Association, and the Teen Choice Awards. Oh, and that's the, the only stink, one the out of those bad movie awards as well. Wow. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. man. I, yeah. Oh, he was nominated for various sick. different what? categories throughout those. Um, well, see, this is a weird thing with this movie is 
when I was watching it as a kid, I was watching it because I'd very recently got access to the internet. This is maybe 2010-ish, I want to say. Maybe a little bit before it, right? And there was still a lot of stinkers online that were angry about this movie. Douglas Adams fans, in the, you know, quotation marks, that did not like this movie at all. And look, right? It's not perfect. And I've got some points of criticism to make in the final thoughts segment. But I think if you're this angry about a Douglas Adams film, you're sort of missing the point. It's just, just laugh at the stupid jokes. He's just trying to make you smile, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so it was nominated for best casting in a comedy movie. Um, it was also nominated as best comedy and best British film at the Empire Awards. Yeah, nice. Again, it didn't win. The winners were best comedy was Team America World Police. Right. Oh, man. Uh, Good film, Matt, to be fair. I like that film. Good film. Fair enough. It is all right. They're good, Matt Parker and Trey Stone. They're pretty funny. Uh, Best British film was Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) So uh, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to go up against that one. Uh, lame. Romance. Two literary classics. What can you do? Jane Austen can suck Douglas Adams' dick. I can't believe you said that. Not proud of that. Not proud of that. If we ever do t shirts, that's going on a t shirt. Um. At one point, it was nominated for Best Sci-Fi Movie. Uh, I'm not sure how, how I feel about this, but it lost to Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> well, no, I, oh, I do understand why that happened. Okay, yeah. I feel like Revenge of the Sith has got more funnier, like, funnier lines. <laughs> you will because try. Like, like, the thing with that is, though, it's funnier because they weren't meant to be funny. But yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh, like every time you, you, they say something, you're like... Just anything oh, George. says. Literally. Oh. Oh, my come on, George. My <laughs> That's my favourite line in the movie. <laughs> um, a couple of these awards it was nominated for as well. Best original song. Somehow. For so long. And thanks for all the fish, so I assume. Yeah. Yes, it didn't win. It uh, broke back Mountains song. A love that will never grow old. One instead. I've not heard that song, I but I, it's I don't know. Mountain, I know. Um, again, it was beaten by Revenge of the Sith for Best Action Adventure. It was also nominated for Best Rapper in a Movie. That's a category. <laughs> because, uh, what's his face? Ford. A Ford's a rapper, I guess. It lost. Um, Nelly was in The Longest Yard. So he, oh, he, won, right. he won that wow. one. Is that the thing you won? Is that the Adam Sandler one? The yeah, yard? I'm pretty sure. It must be. Um, oh, man. Yeah, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards, it was nominated for, specifically the category Worst Song, so it was nominated for both Best and Worst. Um, it didn't It didn't win or lose that award. Um, Dukes of Hazard, these boots are made for walking. <laughs> that's or, fair, yeah, that's a good choice. Um, right. I used to know someone who really loved Dukes of Hazard, you know. I loved it, the right, film. Right, okay, for real? Are they a Nazi oh, now? Wait, what? Just, are they a Nazi now? You know, that's what I'm asking. Oh, the person. Are they, are they Trump supporters know. now? Are they? 
Do they you know, uncomfortably ask you about, like, you know, minorities occasionally? <laughs> are they, are they a mean, really big fan of German tanks, you know? <laughs> you know what, actually saying that, I do actually know someone who is all of those things. But it's not the same <laughs> That's person. a conversation for another day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the type um, of person that would sit in the library and look at pictures of tanks in, during dinner time, you know what I mean? One of those kind of guys. But it's not the same person, it's not the same person. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave you with, as I try to do most times, uh, with fun fun facts. Let's again, there are quite a few of these because there's so much information about Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, I've tried to keep to just the ones that are visual based or film based. Um, so yeah, the, as we were talking about earlier, how Douglas Adams wrote some of that Doctor Who stuff, the Sharda stuff. <laughs> one, of the, one of the planets in that big room is the planet Sharda from cool. the Doctor Who thing. Um, bu- 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 um, hang on. I've got quite a big section on this Sharda stuff. Oh, some of the characters and settings and things from that Sharda show were then reused for the Dirk Gently stuff. Uh, yeah? I never saw... Well, I watched the first episode of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency on Netflix. Did anyone watch any more? But I've just not got round to it. Um, Fair. And more of Douglas Adams's face shows up in this movie. At one point, one of the things the teapot ship transforms into is just his face. Right at the end, yeah. Um, And his nose is one of the cupboard door handles in Huma (laughs) Kabula's office. (laughs) I mean, you might as well. If you need a, a, a nose for something... Why not use his, I guess. Um, one that's kind of, well, interesting, but I, I don't know. In the scene where they're, they're at the pub, Ford pays for the beer with a 50. In the 80s TV show, he paid with a fiver. That's kind of a depressing thought about oh. inflation or whatever. Um, it's not fun. Um, oh, more recently, they made a radio show for a sixth season of this radio show back in 2018 um based on the sixth book and the voice of the guide was stephen hawking oh well which Matt? is kind of interesting um, right <laughs> the fact that they got him to come along and do those lines is brilliant that's yeah, pretty cool i like that so yeah the last bit real world or real universe bits of trivia i guess two asteroids have been named after both arthur dent and douglas adams Oh, that's cute. Oh, so that's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, a species of moth and fish have also been named after Zaphod Beeblebrox. I think I remember the fish. Oh yeah. my God. Which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, there's a song and album by Radiohead named after stuff from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is oh, mad. Right. So Paranoid Android is yeah, a song yeah. that they have, which is just named after Marvin. And the whole... This one's kind of tenuous, but I thought I'd write it down anyway. That album is called OK Computer, which is how Zaphod addresses his... his um, the computer on board. Do, do you know... Do you know if anyone... I assume, I assume you could probably get this from some bars somewhere. Do you know if anyone has attempted to make a pan-galactic gargle blaster, the best drink in the universe? I assume you could get this from some bars, you I know, imag- and it's just yeah, like I fucking everything, you know? Yeah. What, what's it called? Like- the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. 
Tastes like tastes like you're being hit over the head with a gold brick. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anywhere that will do one, remember, oh, what was that bar called that we've all been to before? Bar Twenty One. Bar Twenty One. Yeah. I imagine they're they're the sort of place that'll have that. Yeah. Nothing's coming up. It just comes up with Wild. the film. So I'm assuming maybe maybe. Um, we should try and invent a pangalactic gargle blaster. <laughs> you type that word into Google and it goes, no results, results containing all of your search terms are found. So, <laughs> what on earth? it doesn't exist. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like when, when everything's passed over and we can all meet up and have a party, I'll try and make a recipe for a pangalactic Ooh. gargle blaster. I think I've found it. Oh, what's in it? What's in a pangalactic there's, gargle there's blaster? three at the minute. I'll go for this one. It's got a rating of 3.5. On, well, that's, that's not the best drink in the universe, way. is it? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's only okay. Five minutes pre- to prepare. You need a tablespoon of gin, a tablespoon of light rum, a tablespoon of vodka, a tablespoon of tequila, yeah. two tablespoons of creme de menthe, de menthe liqueur, two tablespoons of galaneo, and, and a cup of ice cubes and a sliced lemon. That sounds boring as heck. Yeah, that's not very interesting. The lemon needs to be in there, but yeah. Oh man, well whatever. I'll re- I'll do some research and I'll try and make a pangalactic gargle blaster That'll for a while one day. Amazing. Um, yeah. Last little fun fact, um, probably one of the more recent ones. Elon Musk is a huge Douglas Adams fan, um, and when he launched that Tesla into space, up on the dashboard was a big sign that says "Don't panic." I remember that. Yeah. 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 So. Get in Hitchhiker's Guide to the, to the Galaxy, the exposure it really needs, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's my run through of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. Cool. So what we're going to do right now is uh, give, no, yes, we're going to give any final thoughts we have on the movie and each individually rank, give it a score out of 10. And I'm going to use maths to give an overall score. <sighs> Find an overall score. Oh man, you can tell it's been a long time, can't you? <laughs> yep. Look, it's going to go on a list. <laughs> Every, everyone's going to be mad because <laughs> it's going to have to fight it out with every other one that's got the same score <laughs> so <laughs> Amelia kick us off um, yeah I'll keep it short and sweet um, like you say you guys have kind of made me realise this is actually quite a fun film it's actually not that bad and you know annoying teenage me shouldn't have been so like ridiculous <laughs> about it uh, yeah, it's cool. It's still not a hundred percent a film I'd pop on, like just catching in the background. Like I can see why you guys have this nostalgia for it because it seems really fun and it's got an amazing cast. Um, but for me personally, I don't think I can give it any higher than a six, and I don't know why. But yeah, that's fair. I appreciate. It. I do think it's quite fun. Jacob, um, real quick, I completely forgot to talk about the other actor who I was very surprised was in this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah you mentioned, yeah, go on. There's a bit where the nukes get launched and one of them becomes a whale and one becomes a bowl of petunias. And the whale yes. is doing all these internal monologue and then hits the ground. I'll Love just that tell bit. you, that whale was voiced by Bill Bailey. Yes, it was. Oh, shit. I didn't know that yeah. watching Mark? it, but found that out later. No, I was a big Bill Bailey fan when I was a kid. That's such a weird thing. That's to- a very <laughs> <old> person. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a big Bill Bailey fan, so I, 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 I spotted that instantly. But yeah, oh, it's Fair such enough. a great bit. Um, but yeah, my thoughts, um, yeah, similar to you, Amelia, I, when I first tried to watch this, I was like, what, what is this? What is going on? This, as I said, this isn't Star Wars. What? Um, (laughs) but after choosing to do this film, I think my love for it is just sort of increased. 
Um, and it's one of the few films that we've done on podcast, one where I haven't watched recently, where I've gone, I, I want to watch that again. I want to yeah, stick yeah. it back on. I want to find it and I, I want to watch it. Um, because it's just, it's just so what it is. It's, it's, it's exactly everything that it is, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm trying to buy time to try and decide what score I'm going to give it. Um, uh, I don't think I want to give it a 10 because I don't think it, it's, although as good as it is, it's not a perfect film. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give it an eight because that's kind of the score I give for lots of films. Um, well, it's going to end up in that bracket. It it's going to, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's gonna. <laughs> I think if I was ranking it based on everything else there is to do with Hitchhiker's Guide and not just the movie itself, okay. I would give it a nine. But based on just this movie and just what that movie is, I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Fair. Joe? Um, I mean, I watched this film like three weeks ago or something. So <laughs> yeah. It's not really fresh in my mind anymore. Like I watched it probably like two days after we first, like you first like suggested that you picked it, so, you know, I was, I, I, I did a quick reread of the plot, and I was like, right, right, cool, 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 got that, I got that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember enjoying it. Like, it was, like I said, I've been watching it, like, secondhand for years anyway, whenever like, my dad's been watching it, so. Um, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was nice to kind of see the context to the scenes I'd been watching so, for so long, you know. Like, it always felt like, you know, when you're watching, like, someone's watching a film, you always kind of, you see, it happens a few times, but it always feels like you're always walking in on the same bit. So it feels like, that it's, <laughs> yeah, 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 it was kind of like that. Um, so it's nice to have the context to the stuff from it now. Like, it's nice to know exactly what those fucking Vargon things, whenever I see them, actually are. And I see, like, a thing of them, think they're from, like, a kid's thing or, like, Doctor Who or something. But, no, it's, ni- it's nice to know what they are now. So I would say, I was going to give this, like, I'm kind of like with Amelia in the sense that I don't know whether I'd watch it, maybe at some point, I, I might watch it again at some point, but I'm not like desperate to watch it again. If sure. they did, if, they, they, if this new series came out, um, I, if it was available, I'd watch it, I think. Let's give it a go. Um, so I'm probably going to give this a six as well, because I'm interested in it, but I feel like there's other space galaxy related kind of similar travel stories that I'm more interested in watching, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, I love this movie. Um, I feel like I mentioned it enough. As far as like critical talking points, um, we mentioned how it's not as visually interesting as it maybe could have been and should have been for, for this idea, which is a shame. I don't know that the depressed robot stuff holds up really you know um yeah i really like the line every you know the um life don't talk to me about life that is funny and alan yeah. rickman turns in a great performance but it's a very rudimentary version of a really serious issue that's i don't know it's t- you can make fun of depression and and arguably you should because a lot of people who go through it use comedy as a way to like a little bit of a lifeline and stuff but i don't know that this was exactly the way to do it um and the majority of the cast is really good but i mentioned it at the start it zoe deschanel is an actress i really like who is good in a lot of stuff even bad i don't fucking like new girl i think it's terrible 
but she's good in it. Um, I, it feels like she's barely there for this film. There's something about it. Like she's just reading the lines, doing the bits, bare minimum. She turned up. And I think that's a shame because I know she can do better. Um, also, weird thing. This feels like there was like Elf and this, this movie, which came out really close together and both had a scene of her showering, which felt like it came out of nowhere. I wasn't sure whether to mention yeah. that or not. But, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit weird. But yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the first year I did it, I did the fucking National Tower Day, Towel Day because, you know, I'm a weirdo and you can't forget your nice. towel. Oh, I forgot my towel. Fuck. Oh. I should have brought a towel. As if. Just hang on. I've got a blanket. Does this count? I've got... <laughs> there we go. I've got a towel. Um, Very good. Yeah, I love it. Um... I, I, you know, bias uh, confession. Like I love Douglas Adams writing. It's very punny. It's very silly. I don't know if anyone's ever seen, he's got a book called the meaning of Liff, which is, um, he's I've seen the book. Yeah. 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 It's, it's him inventing a bunch of fake words for things like complex situations that should just have one word where you can say, Oh, this is what's going on. Um, I love his style of writing. It's yeah. And, and, and that's the strength of this movie is Douglas Adams' writing. And there is times where you find yourself rolling your eyes at the jokes, but I f- also feel like that's kind of the intention, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's done with a bit, of, bit of a bit of a wink and a nudge. So, full of the bias, but I want to give it a nine. I do love it. I do yeah. love it. So, that gives us an overall score on... Ooh. Feels familiar. Oh. Oh, oh! <laughs> so seventy-two point five out of a hundred, which we have had once before. Ooh, okay. So, Amelia, do you prefer Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or do you prefer The Shining? The Shining. I, I won't even. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to this phone, but yeah, Shining. Jacob, I'm gonna have to go with Hitchhiker's Guide. I think. Joe? I mean, hmm. Let me have a think about which of these films I prefer more. I mean, yeah, The Shining, obviously. The Shining, fair. Um, I prefer Hitchhiker's Guide. Oof. Hey. Soz. Oh, man, Soz. it's going to get beaten out as well. Did, did audience, just beat The Shining? Audience did, did bias. Hitchhiker's Guide. The audience bias. Yeah, Host bias. Enough. Hitchhiker's Guide is Bye. better than The Shining. Officially taking the 22nd spot on our list of the best to worst movies. Oh, man. You can't be bad, guys. This is objective, okay? This is objective. <laughs> it's objectively on. better than The Shining and objectively worse than Pan's Labyrinth. That's where it currently sits. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. It's in between those two. So, that brings us to the most important part of the show and finding out, that's finding what we're going to be watching next time. Joe, let us know. So... I've had like what weeks to think of this and I yep. didn't have, it's not, I've not left it to last minute. I have a bit, but <laughs> like, um, like I have been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And I was like, right, you know what? I want to do something that I'm going to enjoy watching. So it's something, I knew it was going to be something that I liked and I, I imagine a lot of you guys have seen it. And if you've not, then we're going to have to watch it because it's pretty sick. Um, and not right. This wasn't even planned, but I'm going to use my T-shirt to reveal what it is. Hey, it's really done bad, it again. so I don't know. This this was pure coincidence as well. I just happened to put yeah, this T-shirt yeah. on this morning, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's that one." So I mean, let me see if I can brighten my screen anymore. So for next week, we're going to be watching. Oh, Alien! Alien. Nice, oh, nice, good choice. Alien, one. very good. I'm excited about that. That's a good movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. Good movie. 
Nice. All right, thanks very much for, watch- for joining us on this episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Let us know what you think of the episode and the show in the comments down below. Uh, if you've watched us on YouTube, consider giving us a like and a subscribe. If you've listened to us on your favorite podcasting apps, you can also hit that button. And if you want to find us on either or, just search for the Outtakes Movie Podcast and you'll get it all right there. Um, let me think. You could... Is it, is it worth doing the email thing for finding out what people thought of Hitchhiker's Guide? Um, if you want to send us an email, give us suggestions. Yeah, I guess, I guess. if you want to send us an email about anything, how you're doing, maybe we'll do an Agony Ant Corner, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the Outtakes Movie Pod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on social media for updates about future episodes, taking part in polls and all sorts of things like that at Twitter and Instagram at The Real Outtakes. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye.